Welcome everyone to Tamriel Adventures, a show bringing you information from all across the far reaches of Tamriel. I am your host, of course, Eric Rasulior, and today I got my merchant friend with me, and we are sitting in a tavern in Wayrest. So, say merchant, what do you think about people Wayrest? I like the people of Wayrest. The people in Hyrax treat Khajiit much better than the people of Somerset Isle or Skyrim. <laughs> Glad to hear it. So, what's your drink of choice here? What would you say? Uh, I don't think I'm at liberty to say in the the peeping eyes of all the people here. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, hey, Bart. Yes? Do you think you know the song, The Tale of the Nerevarine? <laughs> what kind of bard would I be if I did not know that? All right, then. Let's listen to that song and let's get to the news. All right, so <clears throat> there hasn't been a ton of news in the last week. There's been a couple of little things here and there. So if you are a fan of Doom 1 and 2, like I am, you can now play them on a Chromebook, So, <laughs> which is kind of fun. I mean, it just shows you how far games have come in the last, you know, however many years. I think the games came out in the mid to late 90s. <clears throat> I played a lot more Wolfenstein growing up than Doom, but I definitely did enjoy Doom. But it was a little bit more violent than Wolfenstein, so I mean, whatever. But uh, if you get Doom and 1 and 2 on the Google Chromebook, you can earn exclusive skins for Doom Eternal, so that's a way to incite people to get it. So, hey, you want those skins? Gotta get Doom 1 and 2 on the Google Chromebook. Um, also, with... <clears throat> ESO, if you log on to the Bethesda website and opt into emails, promotional emails, you can get a free pet, free non-combat pet. It's a dwarven, uh, infernal dwarven spiderling. So <clears throat> I like my death hound. Uh, I got my death hound from getting the collector's edition of Greymore. But hey, it might be nice to have a fiery little dwarven spiderling running around following you. So if you want it, got to opt into emails from Bethesda. So there you go. Also, with ESO, they have announced Nightfall Crown Crates. So it's got a lot of vampire and monster related stuff. So you can get a um, Deathhound non combat pet. You can also, it's called a, uh, you can also get a Death polymorph first death polymorph kind of makes you look like a like you your skin's gone and you can get a cursed bear mount so also you can also have a little spider following you around not a dwarven spiderling just a, a regular giant spider a regular giant spider yep so um yeah that's about it as far as news with my gameplay i've been Playing a lot. I've been streaming a lot, so I've been continuing Graymore. I'm back in Black Reach. Probably not for very long, though. But I've been streaming a lot. I've been streaming some Fallout New Vegas. I streamed Fallout 3. I streamed something completely different in DC Universe Online. Thought I'd change it up. Uh, show people another game that I've been playing for the last eight or nine years. Mostly on PC. 
And then also I've been streaming some Oblivion. So I, I think I mentioned this the last episode, but I've been streaming Oblivion. I, I'm out of the Imperial series. I'm out of that uh, starter dungeon across from the river that when you get out of the Imperial sewers, <clears throat> went to Wayne and Priory, talked to Joffrey about Martin, played by Sean Bean. He says he's in Kavach. You go to Kavach and it's being ransacked by Daedra, by Scamps and Primora, uh, depending on your level. So, um, yep, went to talk to the guard there, helped him take a. I closed the Oblivion Gate that's outside the gates of Kavach. And then I go in and we clear out the area around the chapel and I go into the chapel to find Martin and Martin is nowhere to be found. So when I was playing Fallout New Vegas and Fallout, not Fallout, but uh, Oblivion, I encountered a couple of bugs and they were kind of similar in the bug. And there are bugs that I have never experienced before. Sorry, my cat is being obnoxious right now. Um, there are bugs I've never experienced before on PC. And like I said, they're kind of similar with fallout new Vegas. You get <clears throat> shot in the head in the opening cinematic, the town doctor patches you up and then he tells you to find sunny smiles. So sunny smiles does the combat tutorial with you you go around shooting geckos and then you're done with that. And then there's kind of a battle for Good Springs. They're being threatened by this small town gang called the Powder Gangers. And this guy had, had, wants you to go convince the townspeople to help you take on the Powder Gangers. And the first person he tells you to talk to is Sunny Smiles. Well, she was nowhere to be found. I looked around the entire village. She could not find her. I looked at the map. She was on the map. So I go to find her and she's just moseying her way up to Black Mountain, which is being guarded by a handful of super mutants and more on the way there. And they didn't even seem to notice she was there. So she's just walking up the mountain. You know, I go to talk to her and I get my head handed to me by like four or five different super mutants. So yeah, I had to start a new game. Thankfully, I was less than an hour in, so it wasn't a huge deal. Go back, and it was perfectly fine. So, with Oblivion, like I said, it was kind of similar. I go into the chapel to find Martin, and he was nowhere to be found. <clears throat> Searched the entire chapel, even areas that I wasn't technically supposed to be in, I broke into. He wasn't there. So, I exit the chapel, and I see him heading for the gate to the, to the city. What the hell is going on? I had to, like, and they were running full speed. He and the other priests, they were hightailing it out of there. They're not supposed to leave the chapel, according to the script of the game. Never had that happen before. I was luckily able to stop him by falling off the side of a small cliff. Didn't hurt me, but yeah, I cut him off. And uh, we're good now. So, got him safe i cleared the chapel out that was difficult because all the guards are inept and have no idea what they're doing and they all got killed by scams but i was able to do it and we're good now so um <clears throat> i also 
bought Morrowind last night. So I should be streaming Morrowind either today when I'm done with this, maybe tomorrow. Uh, we'll see. So I'll tweet about it. So that's about it as far as my gameplay. Um, definitely, if you want to see me play some Elder Scrolls, some DC Universe Online, some Fallout, some Outer Worlds, maybe some Sea of Thieves if I can get Durka to help me out with it from uh, my co-host from Nintendo. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> check me out. I will let you know what my Twitch page is at the end of the episode in the Where Can You Find Me segment. So that's about it with my gameplay. Let's get on with the lore after this short break. Alright, so being that we're in the city of Wayrest, in the province of High Rock, my merchant friend and I, we are going to be talking about the Bretons. And uh, all news, as always, comes from the UESP wiki. So, as I mentioned in the last episode about the needs, the Bretons are kind of a human-elf, or a man-elf hybrid. And they first started showing up in the Merithic era, kind of a prehistory era. So, before the eras that the era that Skyrim is in is known as the fourth era. So the first era started was kind of the beginning of recorded history. And before that, there was the Merithic era where all of these races, these peoples of Tamriel are coming to be. And before that, we have the Dawn era, which is kind of like the beginning of time where the land of the the world of Nern, Mundus, is being formed. So, yes, the Bretons were, they first started showing up in the Merithic era. I kind of went into how that happened in the last episode with the Needs. So, they, so after the Bretons kind of fled their Aldmer captives, I guess you'd say. I mean, well, Bretons were treated better than the Needs were because they had elf blood in them. But uh, they kind of take off and they settle in the province of Hi that we know now as High Rock. And they make up the peasantry, the soldiery, the magical elite of the feudal kingdoms that commit that compete for power. Many are capable mages because they have an inept, innate resistance to magicka, along with a an apt for magicka because you know they have their elf blood. So they're yeah they they've got quite a skill for magic. So, they appear, by and large, much like other pale-skinned humans, unlike the Red Guards. The Red Guards, as I said, come from a different place than the Needs did. They are usually slight of build and not as muscular as Nords or Red Guards. The great diversity in their appearance is to be expected from their politically fractured society. 
through their clothes, accents, customs, and names are they're fairly uniform. And there's evidence of human settlements in High Rock dating back at least a thousand years before recorded history. So this, as I said, is the Merithic era. Before or soon after the start of the first era, the Aldmer came to High Rock from the Somerset Isles and interbred with the Needs. Okay, so this actually, yeah, this actually happened soon after the start of the first era. <clears throat> and eventually the Breton race comes to be. Sometimes there was conflict, but also long lived, long periods of coexistence in a multiracial society. While the Aldmer maintained control of Tamriel, the Manmer lived, which is another name for the Bretons, Manmer. Anything that ends in Mer, typically, or that's Elf. So, um, while, ma- while the Aldmer maintained control of Tamriel, the Manmer lived as lower class citizens, supporting their elven brethren. So, yeah, since they're not purebred elves, they're still not considered as high class as the Aldmer, which, whatever. Notably, this subservience and general harmony meant that they were spared during the Night of Tears, which we've talked about the Night of Tears in the Fall of the Snow Prince episode. The Skyrim Conquest brought much of High Rock under the control of the Nords around First Era 246, though they would lose control around First Era 369 as a result of Skyrim's War of Secession. They apparently never controlled Wayrest, which likely wasn't founded until several hundred years later. Around the same time, the Alessian Order would make campaigns against the Dereni, weakening them long enough for the Bretons to rebel against them. Most of High Rock would be free from, from, uh, sorry, I lost place it. Most of High Rock would be free from Elvian tr- control by First Era 498. Sorry, I had to scroll down my page. Though they would remain in the province for most of the First Era. Other historical enemies of the Bretons, besides each other, <laughs> they've civil war between the Bretons include the orcs and various supernatural creatures that roam High Rock. Over time, the emerging Bretons absorbed the remaining Nordic population in High Rock, and the land would be definitively Breton by the end of the First Era. Tiber Septim's empire would later easily conquer the squabbling kingdoms that emerged during the Interregnum but would find it impossible to truly squash the sectarian conflicts between them that hampered trade and prosperity. Since most emperors in the Third Era were Bretons, or had spent their youth in High Rock, Bretons were generally supportive of imperial rule, but were often disgruntled by its inefficiency at protecting them from violent conflicts. So they're technically under Tiber Septim's rule by this point, but... They're like, yeah, way to protect us, guys. However, the decentralized nature of Breton society has also given it surprisingly surprising resilience during times of upheaval or chaos, which makes sense. You know, you can't really divide something that's already divided. So they don't have, you, you know, a lot of the times you break through the outer walls and you can just take over but there's no centralized pocket of, you know, 
resistance that are scattered everywhere. So you defeat one, there's plenty of others. One of the best examples of this was illustrated during the defeat of the Camoran usurper when four of the smaller Breton city-states, Dwenin, Cambria, Fergus, and Eklon, I think is how you pronounce it, Y-K-A-L-O-N, led a united force of Bretons that managed to halt the usurper's inexorable North, northward advance and finally defeated them at the Battle of Firewaves. It wasn't until the Warp in the West, which we've talked about that in the Dragon Break episode, in the Warp of the West, that the problem would at least be reduced. There were roughly two dozen city-states comprising south of southwestern High Rock, where the majority of the population is located. Yeah, that's where Daggerfall is, by the way were united into two kingdoms, Daggerfall, as I just mentioned, and Wayrest, with the Orsinium taking control of the Rothgarian Mountains in the central high in central high rock. Yeah. Um orcs don't have a particular province of residence like the rest of the races do, but they do control Orsinium, which is in technically a part of High Rock. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Breton culture. The word most often used to describe Breton villages is quaint. <laughs> okay. While Breton cities are described as having an austere grandeur. Austere? Yeah. So, small villages, big cities. According to imperial sources, function is valued over form, which would make sense. You would think you would want something to work. But this results in earthen handcrafted dwellings free from ornament. In reality, Breton architecture often features pattern work, sometimes exceptionally exceptionally ornate. Basic patterns include common Breton motifs such as terrafoil and basic knotwork, while most ornate examples on buildings such as castles, cathedrals, and guild buildings feature Frizzied, frizzied, boss reliefs, and intricate stained glasswork. Breton architecture features heavy use of detail of the pointed arch, evident in their walls, doors, windows, and towers. Most people in High Rock live in small cottages in the countryside or townhouses in the cities. Only notably, uh, no, only nobility, easy for me to say, and their servants live in large castles. Despite efforts under Tiber Septum to demilitarize the province by demolishing defensive structures, many villages are still surrounded by high walls, fortresses, and, and fortresses dot the landscape. So, if you play ESO at all, Elder Scrolls Online, there are a lot of player houses that you can buy and it's always interesting just looking at the architecture of these houses because based on where it is in tamriel they have very distinctive architecture so this kind of describes what a breton house would look like the bretons 
largely our, our grain and hierarchical society is feudal in nature. Most Breton cities are sprawling trade hubs, with Breton society consistency consi- consisting. God, I cannot talk today. I apologize. Consisting of peasantry, and the middle class, the magical elite, and the nobility. So, magical elite are above the peasants, apparently. Yeah. Okay. The jockeying of power among various monarchs and powers of the Iliac Bay region is a deeply is deeply ingrained ever cherished part of Breton culture though they have several paths of, to prosperity becoming a nobleman by performing quests and services to curry favor with various rulers is considered the best way which has created a culture of quest obsession among young Bretons well you know what young boy does not want to be an adventurer want to be a sword wielding hero the desire to find some great opportunity for fortune and glory has made Bretons venture all over Tamriel, even to such remote locations as the Thirsk on the island of Solstheim, which if you've played Skyrim or Morrowind, you know what Sol- where Solstheim is. <clears throat> you know all about it. Where one adventurous Breton earned the position of chieftain. Many use their magical talents to earn success. Well, if you got it, flaunt it. So. They're often considered the friendly and humorous people, though there is little love lost between many Bretons and Redguards following the vicious war of of Bettany. Bretons are said to enjoy intellectual pursuits. They often have an affinity for anything related to logic and ordered complexity. Their love of knowledge and affinity for commerce drives them to into a host of careers, including trading, the military, sailing, medicine, textiles, manufacturing, writing, theology, philosophy, banking, and all kinds of all kinds of artistry and other scholarly pursuits. Espionage is also proven to be one of their strong suits. Breton double agents, assassins, spies have turned the tides of war throughout recorded history. Breton society is famous for knightly orders with notable examples, including the Knights of the Dragon of Daggerfall, the Rose of the Wayrest, the Knights of Flame, and the Anticlare, and the Order of the Raven Dwine, D-W-Y-N-N-E-N. Breton knights, spouse of the traditional chivalric principles of Breton society and are among the most prominent practitioners of High Rock's culture of questing. One of the most legendary heroes of, the, of High Rock was the Breton knight Elidon of the First Era, owner of the Epamus Elidon's Ward. Bretons are not disposed to excessive religion, but most accepted the Aldmeri pantheon of gods. While... Uh, give me a second, I gotta scroll down... I can find where there it is. I apologize. So, oh. All right, dead air. Sorry. Bretons are not. Okay. I already read that. Bretons are not disposed to the excessive. I really apologize for that. That. <laughs> That's a little embarrassing. But most accepted the Aldmeri pantheon of gods while under elven rule, then made transition to the divines. The most notable spirits of traditionally worshipped by Bretons are Akatosh, 
Magnus, Jeffer, Debella, Arke, Zentar, Mara, Stendar, Kennereth, Julianos, and Feinster. They also recognize Shore, the bad man believed to have been introduced by the elves during the conflicts with the Norse as a demonized version of Shore. People of the northern regions of Hyrock cremate their dead, while burial remains common in the south. The Reachmen of eastern Hyrock and western Skyrim are thought to have been to be partially descended from the Bretons, but diverge severely in their culture and traditions. Living in close proximity with Orcish tribes, they adopted some of their customs of wild and wild magic, mixed with the ancient Aldmeri and more recent Nordic influences. Some Reachmen have settled in towns such as Markarth and integrated into modern society, but many still violently resist any outside occupiers of their tribal lands, calling themselves the Forsworn. And if you've played Skyrim, you know all about the Forsworn. So that about does it as far as Bretons. So they mentioned one legendary Breton, but I mean, Bretons are still around. So they haven't died off or just fallen out of existence by interbreeding like the Aldmer and the Needs. So um, thank you once again to the Hive for sponsoring this podcast. I apologize if I forget sometimes to give you a shout out. So thank you for sponsoring the show as well as my Twitch feed. And you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Sulior. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at Tamrielic P. You can find me on Instagram at Tamrielic Adventures Podcast. You can email the show if you are shy and don't want your message to be public at Tamrielic Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. We have a Hive Guild in ESO for both Xbox and PC. You can find me in-game to uh, kind of send me a request to join the guild. Um, You can find me in the PC North America uh, server at EE Gold. You can find me on the Xbox guild or you can find me on the Xbox server at Sulior. And that about does it um just uh, don't forget to leave a rating and review for the show if you think i deserve it please give me five stars i will read your review out on the show regardless and mr merchant where are we going next week have you ever seen the giant trees of valenwood No, but that sounds right up my alley. I can't wait to see it. All right, this way we will make our way to the giant forests of Elden Root and Valenwood. All right, guys. Until then, stay safe, adventurers.